Think we have our cold open. Oh yeah, God. yeah. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Christy, and you're listening to Tales to Inspire. Mission interrupts a tender moment between Crystal Gazer and Dr. Fusion in order to get some answers. How will the frustrated couple respond to his pestering questions? Also, an unseen spectator listens in. Who could be spying on our trio of heroes? As we open up this issue of Tales to Inspire... We see a modest apartment living space. Um, And in the corner, there is a little yellow box that says May 1945. And Dr. Fusion, I would like for you, or rather Occam, Occam, I would like for you to describe uh, what does this living space look like? It's very bare bones. There's a couch. There's a TV. There's like a bookshelf, but it only has like two or three books on it um the kitchen is bare there's a knife block that only has like four knives and <laughs> like barely anything. all steak knives yeah all steak knives that's all it is <laughs> you can tell that the kitchen has never been used it's just pristinely clean the stovetop mm. has never been turned on mm-hmm. now when you had a flat in London, you had converted the kitchen into, like, your laboratory yeah. where you were keeping that energy source. Mm. Do you have that energy source, like, set up in the kitchen here? No. Uh, this place, he literally only comes here when Crystal Gazer is there. Okay. And she does not let him work on his projects while they're together. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you don't, you don't have any of your scientific equipment here? Not like a per, not like a permanent setup. He would have like a quick, like briefcase setup, I guess, with like a few okay. things in it. But that's about it. Okay, okay. So we see this scene, uh, and it is it's all very dark. There is only one lamp that is illuminating this room, and next to the lamp is a chair. And Mitchell, 
who is sitting in that chair, and could you describe how they are sitting? Yeah, Omission uh, is sitting at the chair, his usual disheveled look, uh, sporting bruises, uh, no shirt with, like, suspenders, keeping his pants up, bare feet. Um, He's got, like, he hasn't shaved, so he's kind of got a scruffy-looking face now, uh, and he just kind of has his hands together as he's looking down at the ground. But yeah, we also see Crystal Gazer and Dr. Fusion in this small apartment. Uh, what, what do y'all look like? How are you posed in this opening shot? Can this be, like, right afterwards? Absolutely. Okay. Because I think it, he says that Dr. Fusion turns to him and kind of lowers his eyes. <sighs> what are you doing here? I'm here for answers concerning the Manhattan Project and why your name is all over it. Yeah, this couldn't have waited till the morning? No. Does the Manhattan Project ring a bell for me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's have a move right off the bat. Uh, let's go ahead and roll and examine. Uh, and while Occam is getting those dice ready, uh, Crystal Gazer, how, like, oh, I guess you already said, like, your line, but... Do you want to describe yourself in any other way? Yeah, so she is still damp and not mm. not like that. <laughs> ow, ow! <laughs> the, the, the previous episode, there, there was a lot of water. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she's still, her hair usually done in like, Stop, David. I see you with the air quotes <laughs> saying water. <laughs> uh, so she usually, ha- her hair is perfectly done. There's not ever a hair out of place. She's usually dressed very nicely. Her, like, dress, I think I might have said, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what kind of material I said. But it's still damp in weird places, so it's still kind of clinging, strangely. Um, and her hair is just, like, limp, which is never her hair. Her hair always has body and volume and is perfectly blow-dried and, you know, just curled. I mean, it just always looks on. And so she's, like, wet damp and like as soon as she walks in the door she's like starting to take her coat off before she sees omission so her hands are still on the top of her collar as she's trying to take this off uh and her eyes are big and her eyebrows are furrowed harshly and she tries not to furrow her eyebrows that hard she really doesn't want this line that i have right here because i have resting (laughs) bitch face so she tries to she's trying to avoid wrinkles so she doesn't make this face but she's pissed she's like Uh uh-uh no not tonight no any night Uh any night not tonight (sighs) yeah okay uh i'll come back to you what did did you roll for that examine i rolled a 10 a 10 so on a 10 plus you get to ask me a number of questions equal to your investigate score it's a two so two really only a two yeah oh okay because i didn't increase so i didn't increase it last time i increased it i increased my um maneuver because i had kind of fallen oh, into okay. a speedsterish role so yeah, i just kind of yeah. made that more viable so yeah okay. um okay yes, first, what two questions do you have uh first question what is the manhattan project mm, okay what is the manhattan project um because of your government contract you would know the manhattan project is uh Truly, it's a misnomer uh, to mislead spies uh, because very little of the Manhattan Project is actually based in Manhattan, but it is an exploration into 
um, an atomic weapon. It is the United States top secret uh, atomic weapon program. And you would know because you are associated with science uh, that Germany is trying to get their own. The Soviet Union was trying to get their own. Britain was trying to get their own. Everybody has their own nuclear weapons project, and the Manhattan Project is America's. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my second question. Hmm. Uh, Did Colonel Leslie Groves have anything to do with the Manhattan Project? He was in charge of it. I see. Yes. He is the military head of the project. Oppen- Oppenheimer is, of course, the the brain yeah. behind it. He is a destruct. He's a destructor. He's a destroyer of worlds. But Leslie Groves is the one like, hey, this is how it's going to be made. This is the bomb, and these are the targets that we're going to have. So yeah, okay. Colonel Leslie Groves, whom you have met, is in charge of the Manhattan Project. Okay, and not as a question. I mean, you don't have to answer it unless you want to um okay do I, as far as i know my research was not in any way connected to that correct originally uh when the government was paying you to do your research and do your project it was under the guise of sustainable energy however i think after you went to germany and you saw how your tech was being used by the nazis you became more interested in that. And you, you've mentioned this. You had become more interested in figuring out where your tech was yeah. going. And I think you have figured out that some of your research and your technology was allocated, shall we okay. say, by the military for the Manhattan Project. But not with my permission, necessarily. Hmm. We haven't, we haven't fully explored that yet. I know. But, uh, but no. You, you, knowing you... I do not think you signed off on it and said, yeah, sure, take it. So, okay, if, if that's the case, maybe I've been in, like, trying to go through the bureaucracy and trying to, like, stop them from using my stuff for it. Sure. Okay. I think that's appropriate. Cool. Yeah. So, Omission says, why was your name all over the Manhattan Project? Uh, Doc doesn't say anything right away. He takes his jacket off and hangs it. Kick, uh, pushes his shoes to the side um, and grabs a kind of it's it's like some loafers some like house shoes tosses them at omission you're going to get this floor dirty doesn't matter you'll forget I'll forget you I won't forget the stains he'll Ooh. slip his feet into these shoes now what is it you wanted to know why your name was all over the Manhattan Project. In truth, I do not know. My research has been reallocated. And it started with you? It started with my energy project in Oregon. It started with you. It was not meant for this purpose originally. Yeah, but you're a smart guy, right? Apparently not smart enough. Ah, I think I understand a little bit more about you. What's that supposed to mean? That means I thought potentially he was someone who could think beyond the colored lines, but 
that's not the case. There are consequences to this uh, project. Consequences that you'll be made aware of, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks. But consequences nonetheless. Did you guys have a good day? Yeah, we really were having a great day until real recently. Mm, that's a shame. I'm going to make some tea. Anybody want some tea? And she walks into the kitchen where there's maybe use, not even a tea bag. Maybe not even a tea kettle. To use the stove for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fusion walks past the living room to the bathroom and grabs a towel and just starts to kind of wipe his, uh, dry his hair and walks back into the living room with the towel. <sighs> so, what was so urgent that you needed to see me tonight? Uh, that your technology was going to be used to kill a lot of people. So I wanted you to be aware of that so that hopefully you can do something about it. I have been trying. Try harder? I can't just break into a government facility. Why not? If you have not forgotten, I am... a German. And for a German to superhero to break into a US facility would only cause me more pain. Okay, but how about the pain of everyone else? The pain of what your technology is doing to people? If it wasn't for mine, they would have found a way anyways. People like to say that, sure. Sweetie, not all of us can be forgotten just as soon as people turn away from us. It ain't that easy. I've made sacrifices. Just as everyone else has. This is something else that you're going to have to sacrifice. And I think right after Omission says I've made sacrifices, there's a quick just panel in between the two of Hush her back turned to you as you were walking away. God damn it. And then the next panel, you're continuing your, your dialogue. So yeah, I'm asking you to make that sacrifice. Because someone has to make it right. And I've done all I can. But in the end, we need to figure out who has this information. And we need to make sure it doesn't see the light of day. It sounds as if you know where it is. I knew where it was. It's not there anymore. What do you mean? That means the people who I knew who had it are dead. So what do you need Doc for? I'm sure there are other places that have this information as he spread this information. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way towards you in a careless manner. We need to hunt down each and every one, and what research you did accomplish needs to be gone. My research was to help people. Millions. It's not going to do that. It's going to do the opposite. And people will only remember you for the amount of people you killed, not the amount of people you saved. And that will be your legacy, unless you stop this. That's a lot from someone who's, who will leave no legacy. <laughs> this is true. Damn. Every day what I do, I do knowing that no one will ever thank me. 
I don't get to be a part of the spotlight like other heroes. Heroes. You're nothing more than a killer. I am whatever it takes. These jabs don't hurt me. I've heard it time and time again. I think again. they do. I think that they do. You can only be hurt by someone whose opinion you care about. I think... To break up the tension for a moment. You hear the kettle whistle. And pouring. And as she comes around the corner, she only has two cups of tea. Then stops, looks at omission. Says, shit. Turns around. <laughs> 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 <another> cup. <laughs> so, what are the next steps? Who else did you tell? Can you provide a list where it could have gone to? Who was the originator, the first person you gave this sort of research to? Do you have any lab assistants, other people who might have peer-reviewed your work? Of that original group? No one. Geiger Gwyn made sure of that. They're dead, then? From my second lab... There is a number of lab assistants, students. They would not give anything away willingly. Do I know if Leslie died in the explosion? No. He, he did, did not, not die in the explosion in your lab. Okay. There is only one man that I gave my plans to, my government liaison. Colonel Leslie Groves. I remember because we have the first, same first name. And omission, as he says that name, you remember there was a colonel at Site Y uh, who had the badge, Groves, who was barking orders specifically at you. Oh, excellent. Well, all right, so we just need to figure out who Groves told and erase the data from American Intel. I have a... I have bad news. I do not believe that this information is... merely domestic anymore. Geiger Gwen and I went on a... while you were in Sicily. Geiger Gwen and I were on a covert mission to... a research facility in the Alps. And... They had somehow recreated my lab. We blew up that facility. There's nothing left there. And I managed to bring home a few of the, uh, a few pieces of information, including, and he opens his briefcase and pulls out a vial that you've seen before omission because he was messing with it in Germany. Ooh, yeah, that's right. You had it in a you had it in London whenever y'all shared London, the flat. In London, yeah, sorry. In London yeah. when we shared the flat. So you've seen this vial. How big is this vial? I I think at this point it's probably half empty at this point cuz he's been using it to test it and stuff. And it's it's only about this big, but it's only it's about half full. Okay. And he kind of jingled uh swishes it a little bit. This is a source of Limitless power. This 
is what I was working on for so many years. I don't know how they finished it. Uh, Crystal Gazer, as Dr. Fusion is talking about this, you know, you, you have your telepathy. You can always pick up, like, the fragments of conversation all around you. And, of course, you hear Dr. Fusion. Of course, you hear Omission. She does not hear, hear Dr. Fusion's thoughts. Though. Oh, you're so right. You hear static for Dr. Mm-hmm. Fusion. And you hear omit the surface of Omission's thoughts. But you hear someone else's thoughts. A little warbled. Maybe distant and far away, but not so far away as to not be a part of this conversation. It's, it's a little strange. But you're picking up a new set of thoughts. Uh, but there's nobody else here, so are we bugged? Then? <laughs> I don't know. Stop. No, she get Stop. Stop talking. Don't say another fucking word. And she gets up and she like goes to the window and like pulls the curtains back, slams the window open the rest of the room and looks outside. Okay. You look outside and you see that city still dark, uh, vacant. The lights all turned off. You can hear distant voices of people walking in the street trying to figure out what has happened. Um, but I don't know. You don't see anybody nearby. There are people down on the street. Of course, there are people in the rooms next to you. She's going to turn on her heel, put her finger over her lips, and march to the front door and throw it open. Oh, Mission and Dr. Fusion, are you just patiently waiting while she does this? Yeah. I think... I'm wondering if Doc would even realize what she, why she was telling them to shush. Like, because you can't talk in my head to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe you like keep whispering in your conversation to omission. Yeah, and I think she puts her finger over her lips and gives them a very purposeful look. And as she's walking back, she has this like thought in her head, like, "I don't understand what you're saying, and I really want to understand what you're talking about. So don't say another word till I catch up, okay?" And like. Being super, like, loud and, like, wink, 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 wink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you throw open the door, and you see uh, a man walking down, uh, kind of putting his hands on the wall to walk down the hallway as the hallway is just pitch black. Hey. Yeah? Were you, were you at our door just now? Uh, no, I'm j- I'm trying to find the stay. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. She, uh, focuses her thoughts to see if it sounds like a familiar thought pattern that she just heard. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you focus on him, and, uh, no. It was not his thoughts that you were picking up. This is place is barren, right? There's, huh? like, there's, like, this apartment's barren, right? Is there a notepad somewhere? Oh, yeah, it would, it, I would have, like, a notepad or something to write yeah. notes, yeah. She goes over, I guess maybe to the bookshelf, maybe there might be one there, something sure. like that. Or, yeah. So she goes over to the bookshelf, grabs, she grabs a pen, you know, from somewhere nebulous, I assume there's a pen, writes down, someone else is listening to us. Shut up. And turns it and points it at them and goes. Okay. Did you did you shut the front door? Yeah. Okay. As Slam. you're shutting the 
as you're shutting the front door, that guy was like, hey, you're Margaret. And then you shut the door in his face and walk away. Um, yeah, so you write that. Okay. So, in her mind, there's two things that either is happening. Someone is listening, like, actually physically listening. Like, mm-hmm. cut to the wall listening. Or there's a bug. Mm-hmm. So, she's gonna walk to any device where there might be a wire, like, any wires mm-hmm. or anything like that, and start, like, like the lamp that Omission turned on. She's mm-hmm. going to the lamp and, like, fiddle, fiddling with it, trying to figure out where... You know, is there another extra wire here? Go into the phone. I assume there's a phone here. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Go into the phone. Trying, she's trying to figure out. She knows nothing about wires, but she's trying to figure this out. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, please roll and examine. Uh, Akam, what were you going to say? Uh, Doc is going to go to the kitchen and grab a glass and walk up over to the wall, to one of the connecting walls. Mm-hmm. For the other uh, apartments, and just put a glass up to the up to the wall and try to listen. Okay. Uh, as you do that, you can hear people on the other side, um, and you can kind of hear they're they're talking loudly, and um, uh, you hear one person like shouting down into the street. Yeah, they just went. They just went out a little bit ago, about an hour. I don't know. We we tried all the switches. We can't get a hold of anybody. Is the power on in this apartment? The power's out, but I like the idea that, Occam, you have jerry-rigged part of your renewable energy source oh. to fuel this room. <laughs> I have a little generator set up, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fair. Because I, I, I like said that. that the light was on, and then like in the next sentence I said that it was a blackout, and I was like, oh, shoot, wait. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, hold on. How does this work? Yeah. Have we just been talking in the pitch darkness? What? <laughs> but okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said investigate, right? Yeah, yeah, and examine. Uh, examine. Yeah. With, uh, that's with your investigate stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't, I have, a, I have the guilty condition still, so. Oh, really? <laughs> so I rolled a four, so it's a two. Ooh, oh, <laughs> man. Uh, but she's, I think the reason that she's not finding it is because she's trying to focus on, like, feeding fake information in to mm. this person. So she's like, well, you know, if they figured out a, some sort of uh, unlimited, you know, energy source or whatever, you know, uh, that sounds like hogwash to me. Are you sure it really works? Because it doesn't look like it would work. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like I like this idea, like... She's like following a wire along the carpet and she's like pulling and tugging at stuff and she's talking and I think she wanders like into the bedroom and she's still talking and it's like muffled <laughs> behind the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but Omission Dr. Fusion, I think like as she is looking and searching, you have some unresolved questions and answers and concerns. Yeah, like for Omission, he doesn't really care because his words will be forgotten anyway uh even if captured so there won't be proof of what he said uh for too long um but he will get up um uh, and head over to their kitchen do they have any like i'm looking for stuff to set this building on fire 
I mean, there's a stove, like a gas stove. Yeah, there's a gas stove. But that's literally it. Like, there might be a dish towel. No, that's perfect. <laughs> like, that's, I think that's pretty much all <laughs> that's we, all we need. need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, Crystal Gazer, who was looking for a wire, was like, she stands up, she's in the bedroom, and she's still, like, bullshit talking, and she goes, God damn it, and slaps her forehead. And so she's trying to key back in to find that person, like find that voice, try to figure out and try to wire back in with her brain. Like she immediately went to, there's a wire and I got to find it. Now she's like, I'm an idiot. I have all the powers I need. And so she's like, (laughs) trying to. Also, if it was just a wire, you probably wouldn't hear their thoughts through it. Yeah. Um, I will allow you to do that. However, because you technically rolled a two on the examine, uh, you have. I'm going to remove you from the scene for a little bit. Okay. And then I'll have. You can make that realization. Then ah yes, do that. Yeah. Um. So, Doctor Fusion, you see omission going over to your gas stove and I, grabbing I, a dish towel and. I've ignored I, I him know. at this point. I didn't. I, I watched him walk into the kitchen and I just turned around. I was like, whatever. And I, I go and look, I'm searching the, I'm going to search the apartment, just like a deep search, checking behind the bat, like the shower curtain and in the closet and everything. Okay. You, you start looking, um, I will not have you roll and examine, um, you don't find anything. Okay. Uh, I come back out of the bedroom after checking the closet and I think that's when I see what a mission is doing. What yeah. are you doing exactly? Yeah, exactly. He's just gonna, with his hands, kind of pantomime a uh, oven explosion. Um. <laughs> so you're trying to set my apartment on fire, is what you're doing right now. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's like, he's probably got like the oven down and it's like playing with the gas knobs and stuff and trying to figure out like the perfect gas distribution in the kitchen and like when to light the towel so that they have a little bit of time to get out. Do you like have the gas, like the oven on and like gas leaking? Oh, right right, now? yeah. It's like, it's pretty easy. Okay. You just go. Sure. Um, <laughs> Dr. Fusion sees omission messing with the kitchen I mean he doesn't know what he's doing uh, he just walks up to him and shoves him back against the wall and reaches down and clicks the oven off while this is happening I think you hear Crystal Gazer in the background like muffled like you know renewable energy I mean it's just like you know it's such a big deal and like she's just bullshitting like you just these little like faded out like words with like dots in between and like uh, <laughs> in- unintelligible like you know just just yammering yeah your relationship is compromised it needs to end and we the relationship can begin anew in another location but this place is as good as dead this relationship i mean and we should just put it in its grave do you understand there are innocent people in this building. You were just berating me for the people that my work would kill. Unconnected to me, may I add. And yet you are willing to kill everyone in this building. When you don't even know anything, you don't even know what's happening yet. Alright, then where do you want to meet? 
There's a diner down the street. Okay. 30 minutes. I'll see you there, then. Don't break into my apartment again. Then he'll head out. Do you go through the front door, or do you go through the open window? Uh, open window? <laughs> <laughs> Hello friends and welcome to Season 1, Episode 21 of Tales to Inspire. I'm your host, David White. And I'm sorry that this episode is coming out a little late for you all. Uh, I wish that I had a good excuse, uh, but I really don't. uh, Because this weekend I have just been playing a lot of the new Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom game. And uh, I 100% forgot that there was supposed to be an episode released yesterday. So that is my fault. But you know what? I haven't really lost myself in a video game in a long time, and it's been nice to just kind of forget everything and play a video game. I don't get that luxury a lot anymore. Uh, So I'm sorry that this episode is late, but I hope that somewhere, wherever you are, you can get lost in a sort of medium where you forget about the troubles and the obligations of every day, and uh, you just have fun and live in that world for a little bit. And, you know, if that's our show that you're getting lost in, well, that's so cool. Thank you for getting lost in our show. But, you know, don't forget to feed the dog uh, and cook dinner and, you know, drink a lot of water. Uh, But anyway, let's get to some show notes before we get back to this episode. I hope that you've been enjoying these character-centered episodes lately. I really, really enjoyed recording them all. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to dig into these characters and uh, just having fun kind of exploring their personalities and their quirks and powers and their their own unique stories. Uh, and that is something that I want to continue to do in Season 2. Uh, and speaking of Season 2, we are almost ready to start recording Season 2. So I'm waiting to start recording Season 2 until mm, I, I am done finishing Uh, or I'm finished editing season one of Tales to Inspire just so I can like, I can be done with season one and then I can completely focus on season two, writing the story, coming up with character beats and editing it all in the same time. Uh, And my plan right now is to be finished editing season one of Tales to Inspire by the end of this month, May. And once I'm done with that, we're going to start recording season two because I want to keep this good vibe train going. So we're very close to starting season two. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, there's two reasons, really, and both of them involve our Patreon. As you know, we are fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. They help us pay for our sound effects, our music, and it also pays our casts $5 per hour we spend recording. And it sounded like I said cats. I, I was saying cast. It helps us pay our cast. Although, you know, if these cast members have cats, it's also probably going towards them because cat's expensive. Um, But it helps us pay our cast. 
And with us about to start recording Season 2, I would love to pay our cast for what they record in Season 2. So, if you do not give to our show yet, please consider clicking the link below, going to our Patreon, and giving any amount you can. We are trying to get back to our $400 a month goal where I can sustainably pay each performer, as I said, $5 per hour we spend recording. Uh, So if you would like to help us reach that goal and sustainably pay our performers starting next month when we start recording Season 2, please go give on our Patreon. Now, you might be saying, well, what's in it for me? Why should I give $5 an episode for this thing that I get to enjoy free? Well, that's a good question, and this brings me to my second point, which also involves Patreon. Because if you give uh, $5 a month, you can listen to the rest of the episodes of Missed Conceptions. There are 28 episodes uh, of Season 1 of Tales to Inspire, and I'm just going to check Patreon real quick to see how many episodes have been released to our $5 and up patrons. Uh, 25. So you could be listening to episode 25 right now instead of episode 21. And once the rest of those episodes get uploaded, you'll be able to binge listen to the rest of season one of Tales to Inspire before anybody else. So if you want to see how this season ends, please go give $5 or above to be able to listen to the rest of season one. And you know, I'm talking about Patreon, and I should give a shout out to our two new patrons. I would like to give a shout out to Heinz. Heinz, thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, I really like your ketchup. I'm not super solid on your your mustard or your relish, but your ketchup, Heinz, the Heinz ketchup, it's pretty awesome. Heinz, thank you so much for supporting our show. And also, thank you to Louis Schooner. Schoener. S-C-H-O-E-N-E-R. It should, it's like Lewis Schoner, right? It has to be Schoner. Schoner, if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, please let me know. If I'm not pronouncing it correctly, please let me know. But Lewis Schoner, we sure do appreciate you supporting us. Anyways, we are so appreciative to all of our patrons, past, present, and future patrons for supporting our show and making it able for us to do what we are able to do with every episode. We couldn't make this show without you. Thank you so much, patrons. Now, I'm going to let you get back to the rest of the episode. I'm going to get back to playing some more Tears of the Kingdom. i gotta, I got to find some more shrines. i got to need some more heart containers up in here.
Omission crawls out the window. Crystal Gazer, I think you have the realization that you mentioned earlier. God. <laughs> you slapped the hell out of your head in real life. <laughs> it wasn't that hard. I could do it, it much was. harder. Don't, please. Let's see, let's see. I guess you rolled... Yeah, sure. Go ahead and roll another uh, examine. Okay. Come on, baby. Big money, no whammy, no whammy. Okay. That's a four. <laughs> Again? No, that's a four after the minus twos. I rolled a six. Okay. Uh, can I burn a bond? <laughs> Uh, you know I'm burning a bond with a mission. I'm always burning shit when I'm not even there. <laughs> oh, that was that was me, and I think only me. Yeah. This, right, she's so ahead. she's mad right now because she's like, oh, mission totally effed this up. But then she's kind of like, okay, well maybe it wasn't that big of a deal because then whoever like is listening in would have heard something very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so that steps it up to a seven to nine, right? Uh-huh, seven through nine. So you get to ask me, uh, what is it? Yeah, you get to ask me a minimum of one question, but it's a number equal to your investigate. My investigate is plus one, so one. So yeah, one question. So One question. Ask me your question. Can I determine where this voice this thought is coming from like where like location wise yes it is coming from dr fusion's briefcase she goes over to the briefcase and clicks it open it was already open because i opened it it to get the to get the vial oh oh yeah so go start rifling through it trying to figure out what where this device or whatever yeah yeah uh you reach in you grab that energy source you move to the side you start grabbing these papers shuffling pins like blueprints all the stuff you dump it all out nothing in there and then you kind of sit there for a moment but that voice is still so very close and then your eyes i think we have a panel of your eyes drifting over and landing on the canister sitting on the floor. Hello? She like, but this is like a thought, you know, like yeah. pointed at that canister. We see that, that thought bubble. Hello? But the response you get back, it's still unintelligible. It's like it, it's, it's far away. It's distorted. It's, it's strange. Doc, if I open this container, what happens? Have I tested that? <laughs> I don't think you have. I think all you've done is like connect. I've connected it to things. Yeah, you've connected to things. You've like siphoned it off from like the central battery um, or the central thing you have. Um, but you've never just opened whatever this is. God, have I been killing an organism this whole time? <laughs> That'd suck. Um, okay. I, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I've, I've only ever opened it in secured 
cir- circumstances. Um, Sweetie, I think it's sentient. What? Yeah. He has. He's just staring at it, and and you, just like. Uh. She reaches to the canister and puts her hands around it and just like clasps it between her hands and looks gives it this deep look and says I'm trying to think what's the right thing to say to a sentient being in a blink canister? once if you're sentient <laughs> she just sends this wave of like calm to it and says who are you and again, I think the response you get is just muffled and you can't understand it. She re- I really want to open this canister right now. Do it. But I'm really Do concerned. It. <laughs> okay. Doc, Doc will try to stop you, but I think it has to happen. So so <laughs> is it just a screw off? Like, is it like a mason jar? <laughs> like, um, yes, it's a mason I, I, jar. It basically <laughs> is. I th- what did what did the canister look like? We described it. I yeah. Think. So the canister, the way I described it was, it is essentially a screen canister from Monsters Inc. Right. Um, okay. But smaller. or like one of the one of the juice things from Pikmin. Whenever you gotcha, fill it gotcha. up at the end of every day. But uh, like so canteen yeah, just, sized, thermos sized, roughly. So the one the one you had was a bit bigger. Oh. Um, but I think this one, like it's travel size. You're experimenting. Okay. With yeah. It. I've like siphoned um, some so into yeah. a smaller container. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would I would say test tube size maybe. Well, if it's about- if it's the if it's my storage container, um, I think it's literally it's like a test tube with a rubber seal, and that it has a screwed on like a tightly screwed on top that has like it's like off of a fuel tank of a vehicle. You can you like push a. You can like push a tube onto it, and it, it like snaps it in. Oh, okay. So, anyways, yeah, it's something like that on top. But you could, yeah. you could just screw it off of the rubber gasket. Yeah. Okay, Crystal Gazer starts unscrewing it. Yeah, I'm unscrewing it. I think as you as as Doc realizes what you're doing, and as you like get the last screw, uh, Doctor Doc Doc like lunges towards you. Wait. And I think you lash out to grab it, and I think you hit the test tube out of Crystal Gazer's hands. It goes flying through the air, and it shatters. And as it shatters, the energy bursts out. Uh, And I think the two of you kind of shield your eyes from this intense blast. And then I think we have a panel of, like, the artist has drawn the hand up close to the panel, and then through it... We can see the glowing corona of this light, but there's a figure inside of the light through your fingers. And now we see a bubble that says, Do I recognize the language? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Neither of you understand what it is saying. And this being that is glowing with this intense energy turns to you, and it's almost like looking at a unfiltered night sky this this beautiful body with these just glittering constellations all throughout its skin its eyes are like looking into the sun itself 
it turns to you. Kasari, you louder. I, we don't understand you. It takes a step towards you, and as it takes a step towards you, its foots come down on the carpet, and we can see, like, singe fibers curling up around the foot. Kasari, louder. Doc pushes Margaret behind him. He can he can probably handle a little radiation if this thing is is a problem. But so when when this when he does this because she was about to like mind like mm-hmm. try to connect with its mind and being behind Doctor Fusion now creates like distortion so she can't quite get her message through. But what she's trying to say is we mean you no harm. Like that's what mm. the thought she's trying to send. She's trying to send a calm like we mean you no harm, like, calm, like, we're good, like, this is good, like, we don't, mm-hmm. obviously you got some power, let's not, let's not start lashing that around, like. So you're, you're, like, trying to force this, this message through the filter, yeah. uh, but it's not, like, not all of it is getting to this being, and quite frankly, even if it was, I don't think you would understand, and so there's another word bubble that says, it's like looking around the corner of the room. Lola, that's not here. Lola! And then it starts to glow brighter and brighter. Dr. Fusion, you can feel heat coming from it. So he's slowly circling towards the door and like pushing uh, Margaret, Margaret around with him. We turn the page and there's this huge splash page of the thing, its arms extended, chest reaching towards the sky. Uh, a huge text bubble coming out of its mouth. And then there's a huge explosion. And I think we see a cutaway of the building as just this, like, um, like the rings of Saturn extend from this building. And as they extend past the buildings, lights come on all across the city. Dr. Fusion and Crystal Gazer, you are thrown out into the hallway, these glittering specks of constellation dust flittering through the door towards you. Doc definitely, like, spins and covers Crystal... Not Crystal... Yeah, Crystal Gazer as they fly through the do- through the open window. Yeah. Uh, and I think we have a panel of Omission. Omission, where have you... Have you gotten to the... Uh, the <laughs> it hasn't yet? been that long. It's probably, <laughs> probably like, out on is. the street and just, like... They blew it up without me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like he he had such a fuss about it, and now okay, wait, he's, <laughs> he's such a he just wanted it to himself. Yeah, he's such oh a diva. My oh my god. Uh, okay, and then we cut back inside. Uh, Marlo, you rolled a seven through nine on that examine, mm-hmm. and so I think I'm gonna choose the uh, choice that says the answers profoundly affect you. Mark a condition or step a bond clock forward. Because mm. that was kind of intense. It was. Yeah, it was. I think. Um, so this this so to backstory to understand. So I know before I do this because I was thinking that I might step up the bond clock with Doctor Fusion because it's like you've been entrapping a living being. But did yeah. Doctor Fusion have he didn't any know. knowledge? There's that? no way he knew. I don't know. So if there's no way that, because he just said, but he did just say he doesn't know how they did it, right? That's yeah. true. He just said that. So that doesn't make any sense then, in my opinion. 
I don't even say, know like, what this stuff is. Like, I just have been testing it, and I still have no idea what it is. So then I think I need to mark a condition then. Um, okay. Angry. We're going to go with angry. She's angry that someone would do this to a living being. Mm-hmm. So the two of you are in the hallway, these dust mites falling all around you. You still need to meet up with omission. What do you do? I think there's a moment. Can we have a moment here? Because there's like, it's a very like Final Fantasy X, like yes! fluorescent, like, you know, For sure. moment. And he's like turned and grabbed her, right? And like, so I imagine that they've fallen. And she's laying... It's like this slow motion spinning through the air, through the window, with, like, the light coronas just... Yeah. And, uh, so there's this moment where she is being, like, held while they're flying, sort of through the air, and you just see her, like, she's, like, totally confused, this whole situation's totally insane, but they catch eyes, and it's like flying through the air during it and it that's like the the thing and then they land hard and the air knocks out of her and she's breathless and she's staring into his eyes and i think that that's a moment when he sees you breathing again he looks up and is is there anything left in the apartment like can we see anything I think you look in the apartment and it's just wrecked. There's a huge blast where he was, or the creature was standing. The furniture is all pushed away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any glass, anything like that, is shattered. Um, but lights that were not directly there, like that lamp light bulb, is shattered. But like the lights in your bedroom, the lights in the kitchen, everything else is on. Okay. Even so, if it, it only damaged my on. apartment. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, what the hell was that? I am, I am not sure. See, I believe it's gone. Um, are you hungry? Hungry? Uh... I'm feeling hungry for some reason. There's a diner down the street. I don't know how you'd be thinking about food in a time like this. I, I don't okay. know. It's... I'm just... This was a lot. <laughs> I think we... He's remembering that he needs to go to the diner, but he doesn't remember why he needs to go to a diner. That's clever. That's clever. <laughs> I did not think about That's that. That's me every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we turn the page to y'all walking into the diner. Omission, you've already been there, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think... As soon as y'all see him, you remember, oh, that's why we need to come to the diner. I think you see us walk in, and Crystal's gazers looks a little winded and out of it, but she's she's physically <laughs> fine. But uh, you see Dr. Fusion, his, he's got, like, burns on, on, like, the lapels, or on, like, his the back of his coat uh, from this explosion that just happened in his lab, or in his uh, apartment. Looks like you guys. Something happened, so. We can continue our conversation here. Well, we figured out what that listening thing was. 
She looks at Doc. I don't know how to explain it, but, uh... Um, I still don't think we really know what it was. But whatever I've been experimenting with, whatever this energy that I recovered from the Alps, it is a sentient being. We need to return to my lab. The rest of it is there. Where's the sample that you had in your apartment? Um, Margaret opened it, and it it reconstituted into a being of some sort, but then it it exploded. It was a little bit of an oopsie daisy moment. <laughs> so you killed it. We didn't touch it. It just... went off. And there's more of it. The rest of the sample is in my lab. Alright. Well, let's go then. Actually, before we go, before we leave the diner... You're always so... Impulsive. A lot of things that happened in Germany were because of your actions, because of your inability to wait for more information. We must be careful with this. You have to slow down. You sound like the US government. I don't know about that slow. I don't regret anything that happened in Germany. You don't regret a child firing a pistol and killing a man. I suggested she not be in war. And everyone else seemed perfectly fine. It was her choice. She wanted to be in war. Uh, what happens after is just a product of war. We would never have been in that situation in the first place if you had not rushed. If you had waited. She wouldn't have been in that situation if you guys kicked her out and sent her back to America. He's not wrong, but Dr. Fusion is not going to give him that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we also didn't think she'd be, you know, fighting the leader of the Third Reich, you know. You brought something naive and innocent to war. It fully hoped that it would remain so by the end of it. I think that is optimism to a degree that could possibly borderline insanity. Nothing innocent remains so in war. We did not have any illusions of her being unscathed. And she killed a man. Just a man. She did what she had to do. She should be proud. You should never be proud of killing. That is where you and I differ. We do. I think some people do need to be killed. Heroes kill when they need to. 
The concept of a hero is a fabricated media production that has as much truth to it as America being a hero in of itself. Doc slams his fist on the t- on the table. A hero is a symbol to the people. It is a symbol for that that we're not all just monsters. I think symbols are just a bedtime a fairy tale. I think it's a way to feel good at times. And I think it's something to tell your kids. But this is a reality. And we need to do what's right, even if we have to get our hands dirty. And I appreciate people like you. I think they have their place. But I don't regret what happened in Germany. Milk, you are not alone because of your powers. You are alone because of your cynicism. This is true. I think in between Dr. Fusion saying you're alone because of your cynicism and you saying this is true, I think we have another shot of Hush looking at you. Maybe one of the one of the times y'all were planning in the motel room, sitting on the bed next to each other. Maybe she had a disappointed look on her face. <laughs> but in the next oh, panel yeah. we have you saying it's true. Crystal Gazer reaches reaches over and puts a hand on Doc on like on Doc's forearm. Throwing personal insults ain't gonna help the situation. It's not an insult, it's just a lesson. And I hope he takes it to heart. You're not a teacher. Yeah, ain't his pappy either. Listen. Milk is who he is. And that's okay, sweetie. And we don't right. have to like each other. Name Lord is knows a mission. I don't like milk. Not milk. Don't call me milk. Fine. Omission. We don't have to like each other. Lord knows I got some negative connotations after that whole Ubermensch beating my ass thing. But we got a job to do. And you're right. That job is bigger than all of us. And we got to do it no matter what. It's not about being a hero, it's about doing the right thing. No matter what the cost. She looks at Doc and then looks back at Omission. No matter what the cost. I think you saying that, Doc kind of glances over at you and he, he's got a look in his eye like... He, do, like, he doesn't think you know what you just said. And he just kind of looks down and, and shakes his head and <sighs> sometimes the cost is too great. What do you think the cost is? I don't think we know yet. And he gets up from the table and walks outside. And down in the bottom right hand corner we see the words Thanks for listening to, to this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. And we'll be back episode. with our next episode in two short mm. weeks. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you'd like to contact us that way, you can email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content, please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on fiverr.com slash iam underscore w-a-k-e. Omission was played by Mitchell Wallace, who can be found at Mitch Bustillos on Twitter. Crystal Gazer was played by Marlo Bogus, who can be found at Marlo Bogwich on Twitter. Dr. Fusion was played by Occam Razor, who can be found at Occam Sockam Robo on Twitter. And I'm David White, your editor in chief. You can find me at Mr. Banana Socks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing, featuring elements from the Avatar Legends role-playing game and Masks A New Generation role-playing game, both by Magpie Games. Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening, and keep it nerdy, y'all. Okay, so, all right, let's talk about that episode. How's everybody feel about it? Good. Yeah. Depressed. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, that good. That, that was very good. That was really, yeah. really good. Man. I think that, oh, man, Doc is just, at this point, the resolution is that Doc is just gonna he, he's just kind of given up. He, there's no way he's gonna change Omission's mind Aww. at all. So all he can do is just try not to let him or try not to let himself be brought down by it and try just to salvage what he can from this team up. 
next episode using more kids. <laughs> okay. Crystal Gazer, Omission, how do you how does your character feel coming out of this episode? Oh. <laughs> I mean, since um <laughs> Uh, since the very unfortunate, um, uh, I, I guess, you know, our last episode, um, he's just been kind of back on the grind of doing stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think he just hasn't really dealt with his feelings. Um, and... Now he has to fix um, what he perceives as someone else's problem um, mm. and continue to to finish what he and Hush started. Crystal Gazer, what about you? So, you know, I like to think in theater terms, when you walk into a scene, you have a mission, right? What is your objective? You know, what what is your motivation as a character, right? Crystal mm. Gazer started this episode just... <laughs> hoping to finally hook up with the man that she has been in love with for like yeah. eons but you guys could have still was... <laughs> hey, <I don't... laughs> uh no. so from that perspective her mission was not accomplished right uh they had moments right and and that's good and, and things are on a you know projected path right but i think by the end she is trying to play peacekeeper between two entities, two different like people who both have a point, you know? Mm. And so by the end, she's worried about doc because she can tell that he's sort of given up. So here in the situation, she's not really a, a, a points person. She's not trying to make a point or trying to convince anybody of anything. She's really just trying to play peacekeeper in this situation. So she is confused and concerned and concerned that there's a sentient being that they've kept captive for a period of time uh, and, and trying to, you know, so all of those things. So I think she's confused more than anything. Yeah. So before we started recording, um, uh, I kind of not sat everybody down, but I was like, so characters are going to come in with lots of feelings to this episode. Uh, let's make sure that, like, no players' uh, feelings get hurt. So, player check-in, uh, how is everybody after that episode? Good. Yeah, Good. I mean, I hope that uh, uh, you guys can get yours in some form or fashion. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Least of our worries, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, that might be the least of Doc's worries. Okay, it is not valid, valid. Of Margaret's worries. She's <laughs> very that's, concerned about this. Yeah, just, let's give let's give it the weight it deserves. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I. It's so, it's so interesting. Because I think, with maybe the exception of Geiger Gwyn our three characters are the most like we are so stuck in our beliefs of what things are like Geiger Gwyn is obviously is, is also very driven by her own sense of what the world is. But our three of us are so just 
we know what our world is like and we're driven to keep it that way. But our vision of what the world is is so different. And it's so interesting to have all these very strong uh strong personalities just in a kind of a cluster of emotions and and pain mixed in there. They're so so interesting. Yeah. Cuz you've got like you've got Torchbearer who is kind of at a point in his life where he's questioning a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to survive at this point and, and try to make sense of his of the fact that his view on on the world is is flawed and and he's trying to figure that out uh sister solstice is trying to figure herself out she's just a kid so she doesn't really know what the world is like at all and she's seeing the horrors of the world so she's uh, evolving in that way and yeah it's just it's so interesting it's just sadness on sadness. Yeehaw. <laughs> we got a very depressing superhero group. I know. This is slowly <laughs> turning like Watchmen or... Uh, next, what's that? next season needs to be bubbly, crazy, hilarious. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, those are, those and are it good won't points. be because like... I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to drop in next, uh, like next season once or twice and just be like, what up? Things are still sad. <laughs> yeah. We're still sad over here. Um Yeah. Those were those were uh those were interesting points, Occam. I feel like Torchbearer would be um would feel a little bit better uh after having heard your little speech about uh heroes being symbols and you know, wanting to, to inspire people to be more than yeah, you know, monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Torchbearer like through osmosis really has just had such a big impact on doc because doc always wanted to be that hero for the people Mm -hmm. to show like that because of his culture and the problems that were happening in germany he wanted to show that not everybody was like that and that there were good people and so i think seeing torchbearer this like beacon of goodness Mm-hmm. has really had just this osmosis effect on him. Mm. I will be very interested to see how that progresses. Oh yeah. It'll be a will they won't they. <laughs> so I think on that I think on that point, I think cuz Crystal Gazer has been, you know, she's She's been on the like receiving end of a lot of abuse in her life, like, and that's mm. sort of veiled in a way, right? Um, that I'm not going to yeah. get into. Um, but it's left her very hopeless about the world or the people in it. So, and it, and that's all kind of like um, compiled, you know, when you kind of compile that uh, in with. The fact that she can read people's minds and know their innermost workings of their minds, right? So she can see the most basest thoughts, like the most base thoughts of any person that she interacts with. On top of that, you know, she knows what they're thinking about her. She knows what's happened to her in her past and she knows all of this stuff. And so she doesn't view people a lot of times as good. And everything is a means to an end, right? Because that's how everyone, like in her mind, that's how everyone else's minds work. 
that everything is a means to an end. So that's built her sort of philosophy on and, and really sort of strangely aligns her with omission in some ways, I think, in that, the, you know, the means are always justified. Like, it's always this sort of, we do what we have to do to survive because n- people don't always have our best interests at heart. Yeah. Even if they never act on them, their thoughts or their their ideologies or all of these people that have done all of these things and made me feel this way and made me feel powerless and done all this stuff, like, that's sort of her mindset. So yeah. she wants to believe that, right? But in the same vein, there are people that out there that are good because, again, she can read minds. So it's not like everybody's minds are just trash fires. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, you know... We have to do what's right, but in the same way, you always have to just, you know, do what you have to do to make sure that the thing happens, you know, Mm -hmm. standing up to injustice or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But as, you know, I mean, Mitch was there, right? Uh, Akum was not, but the conversation that she had with Torchbearer, so again, here comes Torchbearer into the conversation, about, like, Mm. be a Boy Scout on your own time. Like, mm-hmm. we're fighting for the United States of America. Like, the right <laughs> call is doing the right thing for our people. The, the right call is mm-hmm. not, like, trying to convince some Nazi superhero that they need to be good now. Like, fuck that. Or forget that. You know? That's not the call. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, because our characters are romantically linked and have had opposite reactions to Torchbearer. Hmm. Because you yeah. are kind of this realist, and right. my character has Doctor Doctor Fusion has um has almost kind of become an idealist. I don't think that's right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I was going to say idealist. So the question then becomes: If she could read his mind, would she really be attracted to him? Oh. That's a super good. Damn. Oh my god! Whew. <laughs> Ooh, Oof. that's sadness. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's that's something. I mean, honestly, that's the reason that she like gravitated towards him at all because yeah. she he he's an enigma to her. Mm-hmm. He's so not only not only can she not read his mind. But his, like, through his actions and the way that he's treated her, she has never felt like there was this, you know, pressure to be something or to be mm-hmm. this, like, um, attractive woman who was charismatic and a star- Hollywood starlet. Like, she's literally just someone who hangs out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, does, he doesn't put you on a pedestal or, like, fawn over you. Exactly. And I think that that's a huge, that's a huge component that like, yes, that's the negative point of view is that she can't read his mind. And maybe if she could, she wouldn't like him, but she doesn't like most people because she can read their mind. So it's like, you can look at it two ways. Right. But him, him treating her like she's just a normal human has helped a lot because I mean, it's also made her like frantic to like, it was like, I don't know how to explain this, but like when someone you desperately want to give you attention is not giving you attention in the way that you want it. I don't know if this is relatable to anybody else. 
you have this need for it's like a notice me senpai sort of thing mm. yeah right mm-hmm. um and so that that sort of feeling has sort of driven her in this in this perspective so them finally sort of having the moment of this is a thing and we're admitting it's a thing when because she you know should have at, at this point with anyone else would have known that it was a thing or that it wasn't a thing you know um so the uncertainty of it has driven her and the person that she is into into kind of figuring that out so again yes that's true but that's that's like a negative perspective that's a glass half empty perspective maybe on their relationship yeah it's interesting because like doc is the only person that she can have a quote-unquote normal relationship with because normal people don't know what the other person is thinking really they only know what they're told and what they can kind of pick up on on in context clues Right. So that's actually really interesting, yeah. That's fate, baby. <laughs> Is it this getting, getting deep. <laughs> getting deep. Okay. Ugh. All right. Does anyone else have any takeaways from this episode? Anything they're looking forward to? Looking forward to finding out what the hell that was in that. Uh... Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um... I, I have. Sorry, go ahead, Mitt. Well, I was just gonna say I'm I'm uh, looking forward to seeing like um, just what happens in, during this time period uh, concerning mm-hmm. heroes and uh, America. Yeah, I do have one question for Mitch, and that is mm-hmm. just purely for character knowledge. Has anything that Torchbearer or Doc said to Milk like affected him like profoundly? I think the kind of the uh, repetitious uh, uh, confirmation that he is alone because of who he is and not his powers. The same thing that Hush said to him before yeah. she left. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh I feel like, oh, uh, I feel so yeah. bad now, but damn, that's good storytelling. I know, right? <laughs> it was just like, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that was the, pretty much the exact same thing that she yeah, told you. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Like it was. It was. Uh, it was a tough. That oh god, that episode was really tough. Really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Beautiful uh, storytelling. <laughs> yeah. So mm. uh, that was probably the thing that struck out the most. You're so mean. Oh god! I was I I felt mean tonight. Like I felt kind of mean with some of those digs, but I was like, I'm in this character. This is what he's doing. Uh, no, he's no, gonna it was freaking perfect. say it. <laughs> Plus, Doc is not someone who minces words. He has no qual- yeah. like he will say what's on his mind regardless. Mm-hmm. That's a good good thing. Straight shooter. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good thing. It's always a good thing. <laughs> okay. Any any other uh takeaways or points of discussion? Yeah, we will uh we'll have to explore what exactly is going on with that energy source later. Uh but for right now, let's go ahead and answer some questions. Uh the end of session moves. So, uh which character made you feel like a welcome member of the team? How have you grown detached from the team? What dangerous threat or complicated problem did you overcome? 
And did you fulfill one of your drive book goals? Uh, and this is under the special moves tab on that Excel sheet. Um, but whoever wants to go first and answer those questions, please go ahead. Uh, let's see. Which character made you feel like a welcome member of the team? Um, mm. I mean, there's two There's two other characters here in this with me, so it has to be Doc. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't Maybe, um... Maybe it's the protection. Like, yeah. it's protecting... I think it's, you know, physically, she is a normal person, right? She can be harmed like anyone else. She, you know, she just her her mental power. So that was, you know, that's a positive. Um, have you grown detached from the team? I think that's also... That answer also maybe lies with Doc with her kind of siding with omission here. Mm, that's okay. so funny because um, I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, what dangerous threat or complicated problem did you overcome? Um, yeah, I think, um, definitely figuring out, like, what was happening with that entity. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, did you solve that problem? <laughs> I don't think we solved anything with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it solved itself. I don't well, think, yeah, I don't that's think we true. solved anything. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It did, I mean, but, like... Uh, figuring out that that's what it was. We released a Voltorb. That's all we did. <laughs> <Self -destruct>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't. Maybe it just created a bigger problem. But I would argue that like figuring it out, like what it was, might have been. A, I don't know how complicated that truly was. So maybe not. Um, did you fulfill one of your drive goals? I think I've already fulfilled all of my drive goals. Yeah, so. I think you're the only person to have fulfilled all of them. <laughs> Holy yeah. Moly. Okay. Ow. So, um, so I guess for that first question, you're stepping back your bond clock with Doctor Fusion, um, and you get to clear condition or mark an achievement. Which one of those are you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna clear condition. Okay. I'm gonna clear guilty. Okay. And then you also said that Doctor Fusion caused you to feel detached. So go ahead and step your bond clock back up with Doctor Fusion. So it stays the same. <laughs> Aw, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, who wants to answer those questions next? I can. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, what character made you feel like a welcome member of the team? <laughs> I mean... I None? I... <laughs> hey, I sided with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if, if there was one, it, uh... Yeah. It had to be. It had to be Crystal Gazer. Yeah. Uh, no so. way. <laughs> <laughs> Slinging uh, all episode. Mm-hmm. So I get to pop it back, right, and take a look. Yeah, thingy. so step back that bond clock, and then uh, you get to clear a condition or mark an achievement. Cool, yeah, we were not doing well, so this, uh, this helps out a little bit. Yeah. All right, so I get to mark an achievement. All right, cool, done. Uh, have you grown detached from the team? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Uh, finding out uh, and confirming that one of uh, his teammates uh, during the whole Germany thing is 
part of in his mind the corruption that is america um mm. yeah so and then okay. step your bond clock up one step uh, with dr fusion uh what dangerous threat or complicated problem did you overcome nope <laughs> yeah <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> myself yeah not <laughs> pretty chill uh, and did you fulfill one of your drive book goals? Um, huh. I am curious if painful catharsis. Uh, yeah. So the uh, the unlock think? condition for painful catharsis is you do something to place yourself or the group in danger by acting irrationally because of something that happened in your past. Huh. Nah, that has not happened yet. Okay. Not yet. But I feel like it's a coming. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. All right. Uh, and then, Occam, over to you for Dr. Fusion. Yeah. Uh, so which character made you feel like a welcome member of the team? Oh, Mitch. Honestly, in this episode, <laughs> in some ways... But in most ways, no. Yeah. I don't I don't think I can in good conscience say yes yeah. to that. That's totally um, fair. Have you grown detached from the team? I think both of them. Oh I, I I think that he's seeing omission as this unchangeable force at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes him feel like there's nothing he can do. To stop the to to change him, he can't get through to him. Oh, and that kills him. But I think he's about ready to give up on that. Um, and then I think he's he's still seeing her as like this person that he cares about, and it's probably the first person he's cared about in that way. And then when she says what she did about to omission when she says at any cost he's realizing that maybe they're not as aligned in their way of thinking as he thought they were and it's not enough to really change his feelings at all it's just Mm -hmm. something just another facet of her that he hadn't seen yet yeah Mm -hmm. So, so are you going to step up your bond clock with both of them? I think I am, which actually puts me at four out of four with omission. Yeah, so Ooh. you have a full bond clock with omission. So that means you cannot, uh, you cannot step up that uh, bond clock anymore. You can't burn any more bonds with omission for a hit. Uh, and um, we will, we'll, there is a move called resolve a conflict. And it says, when a bond clock is full, roleplay a scene where you have it out with the character represented by that bond clock. During this scene, the EIC may make hard moves against you to inflict conditions, burn other bonds, or turn your powers against you. After you've had it out, answer the following questions. And there are some questions that you'll answer. And then for each question that you answered yes, step back your bond clock by one. Uh, So now that that bond clock is full, we will need to... um, have that resolve a conflict move. 
for sure. All right. Um, Woo! And I don't think I overcame anything. Uh, I failed to do what I set out to for this episode. Um, and my drive goals are not now. Because I had, I did not speak about a time when I was powerless to help someone. I kind of talked about it, but I blamed omission. So that's not me talking about feeling powerless. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, well, all right then. Some some interesting energy coming into this. The Kind of getting closer to the end of season one. Very interesting. We'll have to see what's going on with these characters next time we see them uh, in panel. Uh, and I'm debating whether right now to give us a little after credit scene. Would y'all like a little after credit scene? <gasps> yes. Oh, hell yeah. On court. baby. Gimme, 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 gimme. Okay, so, uh, so we turn the page. And in the top left corner of this page, we see uh, Oregon State University, July 1945. And I think we see uh, you are at Oregon State University, but uh, Dr. Fusion, I believe you said you were going to use something that a colleague had uh, somewhere on campus to try to... Uh, I, I don't know. What, what was your plan with the, the Faraday cage? So I, Doc was going to set up in a Faraday cage a way of containing the entity within the um, the, the 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 energy capsule thing that he has, um, uh-huh. as a way of releasing it so that it's not trapped in there, and trying to communicate with it without just releasing this entity that can just explode all the time um, mm. into the pub- public. Because that's hyper dangerous. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, do you want to? Sorry, I was gonna say. Oh, I, go was gonna, I was gonna say. Yeah, I think you figured that that one out. In addition to not getting your deposit back on the apartment, I think that. Yeah, that's awesome. probably. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Akam, why don't you go ahead and uh, describe uh, the scene to us? How have you set up this uh, experiment? Okay. Um. So. Oregon State University has this Faraday cage, which is set up kind of like, it's like a metallic closet, essentially. And inside of it are these panels that kind of reflect energy. And it's it's meant to contain radiation and other kinds of energies. I think at one point it was used to, um, I think they were studying some sort of, of uh, radiation for like a medical, medical radiation for like uh, cancer. And so he, he gets in touch with his colleague. He's like, hey, I've got this thing. I don't know what it is. Uh, help me. <laughs> and so they set up kind of a remote release mechanism so that they can put this capsule in there, open it from outside of the cage, and it will contain whatever this is. Okay. Okay. So we, I think we are picking up right before you were about to do this. Uh, Crystal Gazer and Omission, you came with Dr. Fusion to do this experiment, so where are you at this time? I think I'd be watching um, 
carefully because the last time this person uh, did any sort of research, uh, a lot of people died. Mm. During this process, Doc would have been explaining as well to Omission because he knows he's like this. Mm. Doc would be mm. saying, look, I'm trying to figure out what causes this. I'm trying to save this creature potentially and not release it to the public because that's super dangerous. <laughs> so bear with me. I need to find answers on this thing. All right. Just make sure if you have to destroy it and if that's the safest thing to do, you'll do it. It is important that we discover whether or how to even do so safely. And the commission will just step back and be forgotten again. Crystal Gazer, where are you? Um, I think that Crystal Gazer's... So, Margaret's good at taking direction and helping because that's kind of the basis of their relationship, I think, is she's around and she helps uh, and is a extra mm -hmm. set of hands sometimes in the lab. Uh, not anything, like, technical. Uh, she just will take... Move this cord over here. Take that hose over there. Like, hook that up to that. And super simple stuff. So she's been kind of, like, trying to be hands-on but doesn't understand the science of it. So she's helped a bit, but she's kind of also watching with bated breath because, you know, again exploded last time and she looks real good in a lab coat <laughs> <laughs> yeah does omission does everybody in this room have a lab coat does omission have a lab coat uh he probably stole one yeah okay <laughs> okay all right so uh it is approaching the fateful moment i think we see dr fusion taking this canister that was uh, found in the Alps, the last remaining part of this energy source that you have that you stole from Nazi Germany. You walk over to the attaching mechanism, you slide it in, here's a chunk, you rotate it to lock it in place, and then I guess you flip a switch to activate the, the Faraday cage? So the cage itself is all, almost always active. Um, okay. But I like lift a lever... And it opens the castle. Okay. Okay. So, um, again, there is this bright light that comes out from the end of the capsule as this energy source is released. And I think this time you're kind of prepared for it. So maybe I'll have like goggles on. Uh, so we see like the light flashing off of you and like you're all drawn with like the blue color. Uh, and like you have the goggles glinting off. I don't know. It's very stylized. But we see the energy source come out. And just like in the apartment, it starts to coalesce into a humanoid form. It is still difficult to look directly at it, but you can you can figure out its figure. Um, and it pauses in this Faraday cage and starts to look around. That's hard to see all. Um, could we say that since we know we can't communicate it, we could have like like found some linguist like faint like a very talented linguist to try to start figuring out what they're trying to say maybe sure is this person here i would assume so okay so. so uh as as it says it says disarzirol uh the three of you turn and look at this person just standing there eyes wide behind the goggles uh and they 
look at you and look back, and I think they, they grab a chalkboard and they draw a symbol on it, and they walk over to the Faraday cage and they like tap it to draw its attention, and they start pointing at the the uh, the symbol. Um, and I think it on one side they drew like a smiley face, on the other side they drew an angry face, mm. and they draw a circle around the smiley face and point to them and then point to the three of you behind you. The figure turns and it looks like as it turns the shifting cosmos of galaxies and constellations captured within its form and just its eyes are these bright intense stars and it looks at you and then it looks at the drawing get you careful and the linguist looks back at you and shakes shakes their head and lifts their shoulders and then they start to draw again and as they start to draw again you hear a distant boom you feel a sudden rumble and i think as the five of you start to look around the wall collapses there's a huge rush of energy that comes towards you knocks you all off your feet and the next panel is blank End of episode.